Hey everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Mike. And I'm Marty. And this is Two Guys, A League, and Some Guests. Let's get it started. show nice. notes because yeah. i wrote everything i wrote everything sunday during the day but of course a few things change always and whatever, yeah. so. i made my changes too yeah man there there is a lot of juicy stuff to 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 get into for there's sure. a lot of things yeah and, and I, I gotta i gotta say this just to get it out of the way and a little teaser for next week we teased you a little bit about philadelphia and we are going to speak about them this week i'll take care of that yes. for us so there's a little bit of a teaser for our program today and unless these guys fall off the face of the earth I'm pretty sure, pretty sure here the Sabers yeah. may end up may end up getting another. Uh, I, I maybe not next week, well, but man, I don't know, dude. Like we're there's something there's, they're, they're, they're they're doing. We need they are doing something special, and and I I will say before we really get into the meat of it here, you and I both felt the same way about Tage Thompson and his contract, yeah. and and. I'm not coming off of that. You're right. I'm not coming off yeah. of that. Just because a guy had a six point night, I'm not coming off of it. I still would have liked to see another year yeah. of what he did last year before I give him the mm-hmm. money. But, but hard to argue if if this guy keeps doing what he's doing, yeah. you definitely have to tip your hat to Kevin Adams for sure, absolutely out there in Buffalo. Because I think whenever that thing got signed, a lot of people were like, Ew, "Yeah, oh, yeah, I don't know about that," and I'm pretty sure that. Uh, Adams would have done all of his due diligence, mm-hmm. so good on him. I mean, stuck his neck out there and signed. Yeah, him. absolutely. I don't. I don't. I, I can appreciate the GM's perspective on having to, or at least feel like he has to do something. And sometimes you don't get to dictate what that something is. Sort of the terrain of the hockey world. There was probably pressure at that point, and that's kind of why I would. I would assume maybe that's why he was so quick to jump for him or offer I should say yeah. um the contract is 759 I think it was or 749 7 7 at 50 was it I th- yeah I yeah. think so that it was definitely over yeah. 7 so that in and of itself kudos it worked out it seems to have worked out again you know 6 mm-hmm. but I <clears throat> I'm always going to stay like regardless of where uh, Thompson ends up this year I'm going to stand pat on that it was still a very risky move and could still be he could still he could have a great season Again, oh, this yeah. year, and it still ends up being a bad contract. I mean, anything can, anything's possible. But absolutely, uh, Tage deserve a lot of credit. So does Granado, actually. I think I think that's a big deal, too. Yeah, a lot man, more yeah. needs to be said about what he's done with that organization quickly in the two and a half years that he's been there. Um, the system that he's introduced with more or less the same group of players, but some infusion of some young core, and, and he kind of rounded all that out, and it looks good. Like, Buffalo looks like a difficult team to bet against at the moment and i struggle to feel like that's going to change anytime soon but like you said who knows maybe in a week or two we'll be singing a bit of a, di- a different tune but i doubt that the only huge question mark obviously is in nets um huh. can anderson sort of continue this and uh sorry their backup i can't remember their backup right now um well i i i don't know what Comrie. Comrie's actually yes. been I, th- I think Comrie's been actually more their starter than anything i think else. you're right and you know what they they may have tapped into something there. I'm not saying this guy's going to be the next Shesterkin yeah. here, but I, if I'm not mistaken, I think he's a second round pick from uh, uh, from a few years back. I want to say maybe five or six years back. Yeah. I think it was the uh, Win- Winnipeg organization okay. who drafted him. So oh, listen, right. I, 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 
all, all this, all this to say, I, 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 I love Buffalo. I don't know if they're going to be able to make the playoffs, and that has more to do with the teams that they would have to leapfrog than their actual play. Mm-hmm. If they can keep this going, listen, great, that's good for them. I just, you know, you automatically have your locks a little bit. Your Tampa Bay's, Toronto, Boston. You start going down the list, right? And then you got the Metro with Pittsburgh, oh. uh, the Rangers. You Washington. got Carolina. So there's six already. Yeah. So I just don't know if Buffalo can squeeze in there. But it, it, if this makes any sense, I it won't be because of their play. Like, yeah. at least if it continues the way it is yep. right now. Ten-game sample size here, folks. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, lots can change in 72 yeah. games. But anyway, that, that's enough about the Sabres. I won't. I won't. Uh, I won't kill that. Uh, no, we'll try and save that some thing. of that just for yet, next week. Just yet. Um, one thing to note, though, just to sort of end it, because I just pulled it up. It helps when you're when you're scoring at over four four goals a game, and you're letting in under three. I think it's two seventy. I just saw. Not bad, eh? Like they're they're doing their part on both ends of the ice, so it's working out pretty good for them. Is that sustainable? Is Granado that good of a coach that he can convince all these players to stay We're going to find out. Exactly. We're going to find out. And uh, I don't know. Something tells me, like, not that this is their year or anything, but, like, I mean, you mentioned a couple other teams. They're taking a big They're taking a huge They'll take a big step. step. You're talking about other teams, yes, like, sir. your, your yep. stalwarts aren't in your, like, your Tampa or your New York yep. or your Toronto. Quite frankly, right now, they're the ones look, from the outside looking in. So they're the ones that have to catch up to Buffalo. If Buffalo keeps this up. Uh, Tampa and Toronto and the other ones can they can try all day doesn't matter <laughs> yeah some of the so. some of these contending teams are yeah. uh, you know I've been listening to a lot of the uh, the hockey shows on TSN Sportsnet and stuff like mm-hmm. that and there's uh, there's some some of these top teams are still in uh, summer hockey mode is what a lot of the uh, yes, yeah. the pundits are saying so and that's you have to get out of that uh, little dojo absolutely here, so and that's we'll funny see. and and go ahead it's funny we, well, I was just going to say one of those teams is the one that that's we're right. starting the show off with this week here too. So, and that's exactly where I was going with that with the Toronto Maple Leafs. So we're going around the boards right now, and I want to talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs for it. a second, not because everybody is, and I'm, and it to a degree, it bothers me that I'm opening the show with Toronto because um, it kind of fuels the thing that I'm angry about. However, I'm talking about it because I'm annoyed with the chatter. I, it's okay. So, like for starters, as an example, Austin Matthews. He doesn't really seem too concerned. Like, I mean, he's had droughts before, and this is kind of a serious one right now. Um, is it discouraging? Is it just who he is? Is he playing it down because it's better to do that, you know, to save face? But really deep down, he's like, ah, what's going on? Uh, but three goals in 10 games from apparently the, the NHL's best pure scorer doesn't, mm-hmm. there's nothing emanating from him that says pure scorer at all right now. Um, he doesn't necessarily look horrible on the ice. Um, he's just not doing anything right now he's not like there's nothing really there and the other day of course with marner as well we could have a conversation about that too where he got benched he got you know two get two really bad plays giveaways that led to goals yeah. uh keith essentially calling him out on the bench um and then benching him on the third uh but marner actually knowing full well why it happened and and not necessarily um approve i approve of being benched i'd like it's pretty crazy. You'd be a bad player if you were approving that. However, um, he's aware of the fact that he needs to be better. And and Marner is a good quality player in that sense, that he can lead in that sense, and, and it makes sense. Um, what I'm really getting about, 
So I've got a buddy of mine, uh, Steph Boucher. He actually grew up in the Toronto area. Uh, he's got some pretty interesting stories. I, I'm trying to get him on the show, actually. Um, although he'll be quick to say, well, you know, just tell me, give me the date. So I got to talk to you about that. But uh, anyways, he, so I, I, I talked to him a couple days ago and he said something that is very true. Uh, he's like, I don't even bother with the first 12 games of the season. He's like, everybody gets such, in such an emotional kick because yes, it's, it's the beginning of the season. We're all excited. Ah, and look how great my team is yeah. doing right out of the gates or look how horrible my team is doing out of the gates. And that's obviously where Toronto is, where everyone's like, well, no, you know, like, you know, canceled parade. Uh, I don't want the, I don't want my season tickets anymore. Some people burning jerseys. Like that's, that's yeah. the thing. That's kind of the thing. One of the things I want to talk about, like you people who think that burning, jer- and this is where it's an opinion. Okay. This be, be ready here, folks. You may not agree with me here and that's fine. <laughs> we don't have to, we don't have to agree about this, but let me be very clear about my feeling on this. I think burning a Jersey, just like the other week, I think that we, that's when we talked about too, throwing a Jersey on the, what in the hell are you doing? That's so you're done. You're giving up on your team. That's it. They have one. They have ten bad games, and you're burning Marner's jersey. Are you? Are we? Can we? Honest to God, can we stop with the posting of I'm burning this jersey because I hate the Leafs now? You big yeah. friggin' baby, take a moment, take a breath, step back, and just relax. First of all, ten games in. Even even if it's 82 games afterwards, you want to burn the jersey, I still think it's a stupid move because you're not done with the team. Are you done with the sport and the whole team? Have you just jumped ship? Are you Is that the kind of fan you are where you're like, my team starts to do bad, I give up on them, I leave? No. Like, for better or for worse, you suffer through the team. You can criticize them. You can be angry that they're not coming out of the gates as as, the, as good as they should be. You can call out team or uh, players as well. Like you can call out Marner to burn his jersey. You're throwing a fit like a child. Like just friggin' relax. Take a take a breather. Maybe stop watching the game. Come back about halfway through the season, and then you'll have at least some. There's at least a justification for burning the jersey halfway through the season, where you realize you know you're really not going to make the playoffs, and you absolutely be should be in contention for the president's trophy fine at least then you've got a leg to stand on but 10 games in it's absolutely absurd and it's it's completely nonsense and it, the whole fad of it i'm just done with it it's really it's just the t- I, see well, i mean it's but it's gotten a bit much right like i mean we saw it in edmonton did we see it in edmonton no we didn't see it this year there wasn't any no no okay so there was it it was an edmonton jersey that was thrown on the ice this sorry year? not this year or is it last year? That was year? last year. Last year. This year. Okay. So, I mean, you have Edmonton this year. You got Toronto this year. Uh, you know, they're burning. I, I can't I can't agree with you more. Like, I mean, this definitely isn't going to be a, a, an area where I'm going to be a contrarian here. Totally agree <laughs> with you. It is childish to no end. Yeah. It really, really is. And I just, like, it looks bad on the fan base. I, I've always thought that. Like, it, And I know it's only one person, one guy, one girl throwing it. But it looks bad on the fan base. It's like, okay, <laughs> we all know it's going. Same with same with any Leafs fans right now. Any Leafs fans out there, they know what's going mm-hmm. on. They're, they're they're smart. They're smart yeah. fans. The team is having a rough yep. go. They are losing games to teams that they should not be losing to. Huh? End of story. Yep. D- mic drop. Like it 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 is what mm-hmm. it is. Now that's in the past. Now, like you y- y- you cannot keep this going. You can't keep the vitriol imagine, going. Imagine in if Colorado, 
even Colorado fans even sniffed at something like this because they're not even close to doing something like this. And we're talking about Colorado. Okay, We all know Colorado. They're kind of a pretty good team. They may have done something last year. So, you know, there might be a little bit, not necessarily pressure, but there's an expectation. People want to see them repeat. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine if they did the same thing? Because you know what? Toronto and Colorado are basically the, having the exact same season. They're both 4-4, and Toronto is 4-4-2. Colorado is 4-4-1. Colorado has scored 29 goals. Toronto has scored 27. Colorado has let in 27. Toronto has let in 30. They're essentially having the same season. Grosso mozo, that's French for like as a whole. Um, but yeah. And regardless of who they're losing to, you got to remember, throughout an entire season, people should try to remember this. Throughout an entire season, great teams will eventually lose to a bad team. It happens all the time. Oh, and yeah. it's completely okay. I guarantee you Colorado lost to a really shitty team last year at least once. And it, in fact, at least five. It happens. It's okay. To have this kind of a reaction... And I know a lot of people are quick to say, well, it's the Toronto media, right? Like, it's it's how hockey in Canada likes to be perceived. Uh, you know, it's Toronto or bust and all that kind of stuff. And yes and no. I agree that there's a, a bigger microscope with Toronto. Uh, all of Canada kind of has a look at that. And it, it, are they force-fed it? Maybe. Um, they are the most, they announced it today, actually, I, th- I think, uh, they're worth the most, most valuable franchise, two point something billion uh, in the NHL. Yeah. So <clears throat> I guess on, on that regard or in that regard, you can kind of justify having the most media coverage for the team that is valued the most. Maybe they got there because of all the media coverage. Anyways, doesn't matter. They're an original six team, all that kind of stuff. I still yeah. feel that. The biggest issue is how how much the fans go quickly in, into the knee-jerk reaction of things. Yes, it's been over 2,000 days or not 2,000. Uh, how many years it's been since they've won the Cup? I don't know, 40, 50? It's uh, been six, 67 was when they last there won the Cup. So, so it's been what? They're coming up on geez, 40 like years, what? 40, it's over 50 30, years 50. anyway. So that's some awesome on-the-fly math, guys. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> the, the the point I'm trying to make here is, like, again, I can under I can appreciate the sort of the depression side of all this, but it's still just hockey. Take a breather. It's ten games in. Um, I did. We did kind of say at the beginning though that like the move to get Murray wasn't really that wasn't the move anybody was really expecting. I do think Samsonov was the right move, and I. I feel at this point now to try and suggest that when Murray's healthy again, they'll they'll give him another shot. I think that would be a really dumb move. I think you need in a season like this, you need to ride Samson. Samsonov's playing very well for them. There's absolutely no reason to start pointing the finger at Samsonov. And I think throughout the season he's gonna even he's gonna get he's gonna get even better. He's he's kind of he's not the reason Toronto's having some struggles. We'll just say that, in my opinion. Um but uh when Murray does come back, I hope they don't toy with the idea of like a 1A, 1B and try to give too much time to Murray because I think that will be bad for the team. Murray is not someone you can rely on. He'll get injured again. 
It'll kind of take the wind out of their sail. It might kind of deflate things a little bit if they get on a run and all of a sudden Murray's not there. And now Sansonov, how does he feel about you know, like carrying the team until Murray comes back and then, oh, Murray gets hurt again. Oh, that's my job. Like, he'll feel, he'll feel like he's second fiddle. Maybe you don't want to do that. Maybe it's like, you know what, Samsonov? You're our guy. And if you do well, he signed the one-year contract. If you do really well, we'll sign you to a long-term three-year. When we're done, when we're done with the season, we'll see where we goes. I know Murray's got the bigger contract right now. Some people might feel like, well, we need to do that. No, don't do it. It's not worth it. It's it, 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 he will let you down, not because he's not a good goalie, but because he gets injured all the friggin' time. So he will let you down. Stop writing him. Like put all your marbles in. Samsonov's corner and just be done with it. And then when uh, Murray comes back, what an amazing backup goalie that is. That's it. That's that. That's your system. Well, I mean, for me, when it comes to the Leafs, I mean, I'll go back to what you were mentioning in regards to Colorado and Toronto kind of having the same record, kind of have the same things going on right now. The only difference between that is the narrative, right? Like, of course, Colorado wins the cup and, and they've kind of been building and the, the, the fan base has kind of been able to get excited. Mm-hmm. Now you flip over to Toronto, Okay. You've got everything from way back and I think it was 2013 where they had that uh, complete meltdown against the Bruins in Game 7, okay? <laughs> so so yeah. now I will preface that, folks, by saying, yes, that was in a quote-unquote different area, era of Toronto Maple Leaf hockey. True. So, okay, fine, I'll, fine, I'll give you that then. The issue for me, and Marty, I, I've been saying this for, for the longest time, I believe, I, I believe that you were of the same... Uh, mindset as well they are not constructed properly to win a stanley cup that is the end of the story absolutely okay listen i take nothing away from kyle dubas having a vision as a general Mm -hmm. manager and going with that vision fine no problem you 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 went with that for a number of years we all i'm not even going to go over it we all know the history of the Toronto Maple Leafs not being able to get out of the first round yeah. i think where that narrative really comes in for the Toronto Maple Leafs is is again you have some of the most knowledgeable fans in hockey Toronto Montreal basically any canadian city yeah. when you start talking about fan bases very, very knowledgeable, not to say that the States aren't, but I mean, listen, like we eat, we eat and sleep this stuff up here, right? <laughs> so very, very knowledgeable. They are sick and tired of that management team continuously going to the same well, because you're not, you're, you, you keep playing with the fringes and, and then even when even when you do have some some guys with sandpaper, uh, Mikhaev, um, you had Kadri. Jeez, uh, there's that's a actually a big there mistake. No, um, Wayne, Wayne, Wayne Wayne Simmons uh, on a lesser extent. Yeah. But my point my point is is Toronto is going to probably have another great regular season. Yep. They're going to find their groove. They're going to start putting a shit ton of pucks uh, in the yeah. net. Marner's going to get his. Matthews is going to get his. I wouldn't even be surprised to see Matthews win a Rocket Richard Trophy, even though he's having a really bad start to he the could. year. They are going to have another. They're probably going to have another very good regular season. Mm-hmm. They just do not have the makeup. They're they are too soft, Mark. Yeah. They are too soft of a team. Once things start to get real nasty, playoff hockey, down and dirty in the trenches, they have not got it. You know, someone can sit there and tell me, "Oh, yeah, well." Matthews is starting to use his physicality a little bit more. Well, Matthews should have been using his physicality about two or three years ago. Okay. <laughs> like I, 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 I just, 
I'm kind of the same as you here, Marty. I mean, uh, tell me this team uh, doesn't. I, there's a lot of there's feel like a a badly drawn plan with good intentions. Like that's what this team feels like to me. It feels like someone really wanted to prove. And, and I'm not saying one way or another on this. I'm just trying to make a sentence. <laughs> it's, it's this team sound or feels like someone's trying to prove that analytics is the only way to go. That's what this team yep. feels like. It feels like yep. we've got all the, you know, every all the T's crossed, all the I's dotted. We're, we've looked at every angle, and that's and for the last you know few years, that's exactly what this team has been. It has been something put together that on paper makes so much sense. There's hype. There's excitement. There's success too, but there's that thing. And damn it, if I'm you not going to you can't freaking quote Tortorella on this, god damn it! <laughs> but he he's right. There's something about the eye test. There's something about yes, the gut is. test that you can't put that can't. into into number. And I and I know you can, like from a from a if you start breaking, you can't with intangibles though. You, you can't there it is exactly where I was going with that. The intangibles are things that you can't grab. I, I, I was trying to think of, cause there was an argument that sort of disproved what Tortorella was trying to say. And like, actually you can, you can quantify and look at the analytics of what, you know, uh, gritty, uh, you know, doing the dirty work. You can actually break that down into a stat. Absolutely. But that's not what we're talking about. These are, in, like you said, these are intangibles. These are things that you cannot grab with numbers. And that's an eye test and a gut test that I actually do agree with, especially in the playoffs. Because there's something mm-hmm. in the playoffs. These The NHL playoffs are, so, are such a different breed from the regular season. I honestly put it on a different cat uh, in a different stratosphere when it comes to like either the baseball or football or whatever else it is. When the NHL playoffs are on, teams have or they don't a certain advantage that just comes from the intangibles that have been built throughout the season. And if you don't have that at the beginning, it may not be the reason why you've won games in the regular season. But come playoffs, they will be the reason you have. But you need to have that during the season. Otherwise, that cohesiveness of what those intangibles are, are lost. They're kind of out in the ether and you can't pull them in as a team because you're not used to it. You have to have that Mm -hmm. early on because it becomes part of your, of your chemistry. And if you can't do that, then sorry, it just, it won't work for you. And I, I think that's part of the issue with Toronto. Like you're saying, great team on paper, great regular season, Shit in the bed every friggin' year come the playoffs because they don't have they rely too much on the analytics of things. And that's dangerous. Again, I go I think. back to the fan base with Toronto. They're just they're smart enough. Yeah. And I think they're just they've just gotten tired over the last two and three years here of basically seeing that management team pretty much, not exactly, mm-hmm. but pretty much do the same thing, play around with the fringes. Nobody's moving from the top four or Riley, mm-hmm. uh, move the goaltending around. That exactly didn't make people feel super comfortable over, no. over the summer either. <laughs> so that just kind of added to all of this, but sure. uh, yeah, more than a little. And it's, yeah, it's time to, it's time to kind of, I mean, quite frankly, we are all, we're all aware this is Dubas' last year. So this is sort of the last hurrah, right? Yeah. Um, and I'll just say one more thing and then we can move on to the, to yours, which I think that's, yeah. 
kind of the exact opposite. Okay. Uh, a guy I've been quoting here. Um, when it comes to analytics, I do I can appreciate the fact that the analytics give you the best overall average every single time you step on the ice because you've covered so many different bases. You, eventually, you create all these areas where there are stats and players that fill in those holes that you've got yourself the best chance of winning every single game. But from an analytics point of view, you have to remember that you don't do... Analytics doesn't care if it's regular season or playoff. So what your analytics are actually showing is kind of the equi- the equate um the equation of the entire season and regular playoffs put together. Those are your analytics. And where your holes are, you assume they'll only come out during the regular season. But the problem is is that when you hit towards the end in the playoffs, those holes were will absolutely be there and that's where you've actually lost your average. And this is like a this is high level explanation from a guy who doesn't do analytics, but this is how I feel about it and I think this is where Torts is right. Because I think that's where that's where Torts's philosophy actually not just his, lots of people fits in and makes sense because you're always going to have holes in your season and your playoffs. It's being able to have that extra step with the intangibles to cover those holes. And you may not care about it in the regular season, so you don't necessarily worry too much about it. But once it comes playoff, you need those things to step in and round out your average in your favor. Because if your average overall to succeed, let's say whatever, it's and this isn't going to make much sense, but let's say your average overall is 63.5. Well, the intangibles will bring you to 65. And that's the difference between winning a Stanley Cup and going home in the first round. And I think that's what Toronto needs to have a look at. But Dubas doesn't know how to do that. I'm surprised with Shanahan. I figured Shanahan would know better. He, like, I, I don't know. He kind of needs to go too, I think. And I, I do, I think that's, I think there are several heads on the platter for this year. And I think his is sort well, of known as being one of them too. I, I would think that Shanahan may be involved in that as well. He could be spared. I could see it. I could yeah. see it. Him being spared to, and keep around. But the I just wanted to say one more thing about the Leafs and then I'm done with that. The one thing that has really, really bothered me over the, well, basically since the start of the year when, when they played Montreal in the first game, I'm really, really not liking the way the media is kind of spinning. Um, the fact that Sheldon Keefe has kind of lost it a little bit. Like he was saying it was unacceptable after the first game and all. I'm going to say this about that situation. I find that Sheldon Keefe has every every last right after that first game i don't care if it's the first i don't marty i don't even care if it's the first period yeah. and toronto shits the Absolutely. bed that th- there are expectations for this group this group has let that fan base down let themselves down man whatever the players are the ones that are on the ice i can't i can't blame it on keith he's not on the ice and i can't blame it on dubas either because he's not on yeah. the ice these players are soft okay because if this guy is, and then a couple days later, he has to walk back his comments yeah. like a week later or whatever for something he said. Listen, buddy. If you players can't handle that, yeah. then you maybe you should go in Arizona then. Where you don't have to talk to 50 media <laughs> members after every game. And and the other thing I will say is, I don't think that Dubas should be getting off scot-free here. I think this guy should be talking to the media yep. at some point, And I think it should be soon. Like in the next week. Okay, because you're the guy that's constructed this Mm -hmm. roster, not Sheldon Keefe. You put him in place to deal with the players on the Mm -hmm. ice. And I find that Sheldon and and listen, I'm not this big Sheldon Keefe guy, but I'm just telling it like it is here. 
This guy, it seems like this guy's been drugged through yep. the dirt. I ha- I haven't heard a goddamn word from Dubis at all. Yeah. And and this guy's having to walk back his comments. Exactly. Because maybe somebody's feelings are hurt. No. Let him coach. Listen, dude. Let him coach. Let him coach and, however and, he wants and, to. And, and and unless you haven't figured it out here, Matthews or Marner, look at the market that you're in. Like you guys knew this when before you even played your first game in Toronto. Yeah. You knew what this was going to be yeah. like. So I don't want to hear no. it. And and I'm sorry. I I will staunchly defend Keith in regards to this. I think this guy's been left to blow out blow out in the wind. And I think it's absolutely horrendous. He had every right to say that that was unacceptable in Montreal. I, it's the Montreal Canadiens. They're they're my team, yeah. and I'm backing this guy for saying that. I didn't hear he's allowed anything to say that. that he said that was either inappropriate or out of line. It, absolutely it, not. Not I even fully agree with you. Not even close. It was not. I've said worse to myself on a good day. Like he, like everybody needs to just. <laughs> you guys just need to take a step back. And realize yes, that these players can't actually handle it. But the second you start saying like, oh, you went too far, you crossed the line. Yeah, some players will actually clam onto that and maybe run with that. I'll give it to Marner, though. Like, honestly, I didn't feel like he felt that Keith went too far. I didn't hear him say anything that like, you know, uh, what he said really hurt my feelings or anything like that. I think Marner took it upon himself to make it clear that even he understood that he made the mistakes and he needed to he needed to be better. Yeah. And and that was the right way to go. But you're right. The media, as usual, kind of doing their thing and creating a story exactly. out of nothing, which is what that's their job, right? That's the media's job. You want clicks, you want people to to read the stories and and, and think that there's what's an NHL team without some drama? It's boring, right? Well, according to the media. Well, if you exactly. And if you want to talk about clicks, Oh boy. I got something right here. I got something right here for you, bud. <laughs> what it, what in the hell is going on in Philadelphia? What universe are we in right now? I mean, this isn't right. I, I just don't know. I think we're think on another of last one of those, year. We're on another one. Just think of last year and what they were last I know, year. We're on another one of those low key timelines, yeah. I think. Right, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, listen, we talked about this a little bit last week, Marty. And, you know, back in June, when the Flyers uh, turned to uh, Tortorello to fill the vacant head coaching position. Uh, listen, I, I will be the first, first guy. I will put my hand up and I will be the guy that says, I think that yep. was the wrong move. Me too. It was a bit of a mess. There was a lack of direction. Um, I mean, it just wasn't a good scene in Philadelphia to end the year. Yeah. And I really, really thought, I really thought, and it still may go that way with torts. You never know, but That's a good point. <laughs> I just thought they were, I, I really thought that they were throwing gasoline onto a fire. Yes. I really did. I said, man, like this is kind of a fragile group as it is. Mm-hmm. They didn't play well. I mean, they're not even in the playoff and then they're going to bring this taskmaster in here. Well, I see that. so far this year. That particular take has not aged well, bud. <laughs> so they've been playing. They've been playing some really solid hockey. We talked about it last week. They are. They they may not be as structured as you would want, but they are more structured than than what they were. They are playing some decent decent defensive hockey. I mean, block when it's towards like we mentioned last week. You're blocking shots. You're sacrificing your body. Yeah. But let me throw a couple of numbers out here for you as to why. I would think that this does not continue. Oh. So Philly so F- Philly does sit in third in the Metro 8 now with a 5-2 and 1 record. They've got 24 goals for 21 against. They're 16th overall on power play uh, percentage 21.4. 
They're at 18.8 for penalty killing, which is 14th. Shots for at 27.4. Shots against at 30, uh, 35.9. That's 28th for shots wow. for and, and 30th for shots against. So I think, folks, you can see a little bit of where I'm going because if trends continue, Marty, I don't think I need to spell it out for you. When you're not getting as many shots and you're getting almost eight to nine shots more against your own net, that's not exactly a recipe for success. The other thing that I wanted to point out too is they've got a really nice record. But a lot of these things are one-goal victories, right? They've got one-goal victories against Vancouver, Tampa Bay, and Florida. They um, they do have a 5-2 to two win versus the Devils and a 3-1 to one win versus the Predators, which are yeah. impressive wins, yeah. nice wins, uh, to go along with a 3 nothing defeat to the Sharks and then a one-goal loss to the Panthers. My point of saying all of this is hmm. it's not re- – don't really look at this record the way it kind of looks right is now. 5-2-1 looks really nice because there's – I, I want to say there's some luck metrics going on right now. I mean, they did lose to the Sharks. Sharks aren't exactly the best team. I mean, the Flyers aren't either, but the record dictates otherwise sure, right yeah. now. It's just, I kind of feel like they, they're, they're kind of holding on by a thread a little bit. You know what I mean? They're just kind of yeah. keeping their head above water. So, I mean, 16th and 14th in regards to your special teams, it's not, a, I mean... It's not the worst. But it's, it's not that you are really in the mushy middle. So it doesn't reflect the like record that they necessarily have. That exactly, exactly. And I mean, you've got Couturier, who yeah. basically they kind of uh, put, put on the shelf. He was rehabbing, uh, and and the team was keeping a good eye on him. And it, 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 things seemed to be going well. But that not only is it not going well right now, it is completely shut down. Mm. I got to think, Marty, that this guy may have a problem with his back the rest of the rest of his career. I could see this kind of, you know, riding off into the sunset a little bit. Um, I don't mean necessarily this yeah. year, but I could see like, you know, two, three, four years from now, maybe Couturier is not even in the league yeah. and it's because of back problems. Yeah. But I mean, at the end of the day, they are in a very, very competitive uh, division. Yep. Um, I mean, it's been a great start to the to the season, but as you can see, they're kind of lacking a little bit of depth in, in several areas. I mean, it's not like these guys can run out a power play, you know, a second power play unit that's decent. Like, I mean, they've got one kind of shot deal. So, listen, Torch is going to squeeze everything out of these guys, right? So, whatever comes of the Philadelphia Flyers this year, I think a lot is going to have to do with Torch. Um, you know, I, I, I want to hold off and to, to wait and see if they actually buy in 100% to what he's got going on. Yeah. Because, I mean, you know, I, I go back to Tortorella in Vancouver, and that was just an absolute shit show, right? Like, that didn't work out at all. It, it just it just wasn't a good fit whatsoever. So I kind of want to I wanna hold off in regards to really pumping any anything to do with Tortorella and the Flyers. It's been a good start to the year, but I just don't think that the metrics are going to be there for these guys to continue on the path that they're on now, I certainly don't see them making the playoffs. Right. And I just, I mean, you know, we started rhyming off some of these teams that are going to, the top, you know, top eight, that'll make it out of the East. Yeah. And Philadelphia is not even close to that. So, so I did, but that, you know, as you were talking, I'm looking through and I'm trying to figure out, okay, well, with, especially with the numbers you just threw out, it does, it does. It leaves a big question mark. as to okay, is this really sustainable? And in fact, I went a little bit further. How are they really doing this? Because none of this makes any sense to me. And I think, I think it's because of Carter Hart. 
because if you look at well, a lot of it has to do with him right now for sure. Which he's he's been a backbone for that team right now. Which is a bigger question as to like what the hell, what's going on here? Because Carter Hart has had his opportunity to shine with Philly. He's had bad teams where he could save the day, and he's had. I'm not even going to say Flash is a brilliance. I'm just going to say he's had moments where he's appeared like maybe there's hope. I'm going to say that. Yeah. Um, no disrespect. But this year, like just just having a quick look. One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. So there's last it's five games. It's that structure, games. right? Is it? Because the way you rhymed off those numbers, it doesn't sound like the structure is actually working. And another thing I'm going to prove here is that so Carter Hart in his last well, five I guess games, he's won four games and with one overtime loss. He led him in that overtime loss. He led him four goals on thirty-eight shots. That's probably his worst game. You it, so because it ends you with an eight ninety-five save percentage and three seventy-four goals against. Quite frankly, though, it's a lot of shots. You know, but yeah, four goals is a lot mm-hmm. of goals. But before that, he had so he led in three goals on fifty-one shots. You know, obviously goals against at three, but nine. 41 save percentage before that one goal mm-hmm. against on 32 shots again above 30 969 save percentage and then before that two goals on 38 shots at 947 and then two goals on 30 shots at 930 so every game over like you said he's getting peppered with shots but for the vast majority of it he's actually the reason they're winning every single night which doesn't make any sense to me because Carter Hart has never really done this before in the NHL. He's never been the guy you could really lean on. And we've kind of, for years, we gave him an out. He's on a horrible team. It's not really his fault. But in the last few years, you and I have been talking about it like, nah, you know what? This is kind of who he is. And I, I'm not sure he's really, we gave up on him. I think we are talked about it this season or possibly even last, or possibly both. Um, so I'm at a point now where either... We might have done that too early. Maybe. Exactly. Done I mean, early. the guy's only 24, and the, right? So... Well, and 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 that's where I'm gonna that's where I'm I'm gonna go as well. Like, I mean, this guy was playing National Hockey League games, and he was their starter when he was 20 years old. Yeah. So that's early, especially that's early for, for a girl tender. Yes. I mean, I mean, a perfect example would be now a little bit of a different situation. It's the KHL as as a, as opposed to the uh, WHL where Carter Hart came from. Okay. But Shesterkin and Sorokin, I picked both of those guys up. But whenever I drafted them into our league, mm-hmm. these guys are like 24, 20, you know, 23, 24, right. 25 yeah. when, I, when I drafted them. So, you know, they, they've got a little bit of it more, of expe- more experience. Of course, it's in the KHL, but still, still. I think I, I would have to hope that maybe Carter Hart's starting to find his game. Like, you I know, think the so. maturity, 24, start, kind of starting to come into yeah. it. And w- what I kind of meant with the structure and... Yes, it's still a little, it's a little wishy-washy, I suppose, but the blocking of shots, like the, 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 True. the difficulty of, the difficulty of shots coming through now where maybe it wasn't that way last year with Philly. The quality of but shots I mean, coming through maybe are a little bit nicer to look at from a goalie's perspective. And that could very well be true too. I'd have to start watching some but, but I, games. I, but I certainly won't take away your point though. I, I, I do think that Carter Hart is, is definitely a piece in, in here as to why the Philadelphia Flyers currently sit with a 5-2-1 What's funny is that, so there's there's two sides then. It's either Torts and his system is really working well, 
or Carter Hart is making Torts look like a friggin' genius. <laughs> it's one or the other. So only time will tell. We'll see how we get there. What would be um, horrible is that there was an injury to Carter Hart. However, it would kind of help us prove one way or another. <laughs> so not suggesting that he should get hurt. Of course not. This is better for hockey if he stays healthy and actually progresses. And like you said... Both your goalies you just mentioned, Shesterkin and uh, Sorokin, they you know came into the and that's usually around the time, right? 24, 25, 26. Yeah. That's where you start really start bringing in goalies, and then 27, 28, they sort of turn it on, and now you've got your goalies somewhere around there. So for Hart at 24, maybe maybe that was the plan all along. Put him in nets nice and early, so that by the time he's 24, he's the guy you're hoping for at 27, 28. So now we've just gained a few extra years. Who knows? On to the next one, Vegas baby. <laughs> like oh yeah so like i'm an oiler fan and sorry oiler and bruins fan at heart but like we've said all along this team is just fun and at the beginning of the season cassidy had actually spread the offense so much that he had marcia and carlson on the third line a move that actually did work uh, but as of today he's opted to bring back the band so to speak like the original three like this is one of my favorite lines in all the NHL simply because they've been together for so long and just continue to be the crutch that gets leaned on whenever the ship needs to be righted again. So I'm not sure why he was decided to do it now because like I said, the original plan was seemed to be actually working pretty good for everybody. Um, and it was, it was like a really smart move to sort of spread out the love in that sense and everyone's getting their time on ice and it's, it's really even and it looks good. Maybe he saw something there that needed adjusting, or maybe he's like me and just really likes seeing Smith and Carlson and, and Marshy together. But I don't know. Like, there's this team, and actually, we do have to kind of shout out to um, Logan Tom and in Nets. Like, I don't want to say that they're the reason why the team is doing as good as they are, because like I said, spreading of the love has really helped uh, Vegas. Um, Stone kind of needs to tick it up a little bit, but I think that's why they're keeping him on the top line and kind of letting, giving him time to figure it out because in the end, the team is still winning, so it doesn't matter. Um, and maybe, again, that's why you've got that second line of Riley Smith or Riley Marceau and Carlson together. But these goalies, like Aiden Hill has been a pretty good backup in his career, but 172 and 940 in four games, that's... <laughs> And if you think that's funny, how about Logan Thompson after six games at 169-943 get just even better? So Yeah, a guy put the scare in me last week, for God's sake. Yes, very close to that shutout. Yeah, that would have been nice. That would have been helpful. Eh, We'll get that in a minute. Yeah. Um, But yeah, (laughs) (laughs) just the fact that – and actually Eichel – so now Eichel's a funny character because I don't know where I live yet with – him as a as a teammate because of a lot of the stories that came out of Buffalo, um, which I had no clue about. And then throughout the season last year, I started hearing a lot about it. And then I started looking into it. And there were some local stories that were written about it. And it got interesting where Eichel may not be the most um, ideal teammate in the dressing room as a whole. Um, I, I'm not going to go into the bullshit of any of that. At the end of the day right now, Eichel is actually playing very, very well. Uh, Stone really seems to like him, talks about, really praises him and and pumps him up a lot. Um, There's a lot of people talking about how he's finally coming into his own and his skill is starting to shine, especially in the last two or three games. Um, Eichel has had some really good games this season. Bit of inconsistency at the beginning, but now it's sort of like maybe he's finding his own. So as a whole, this team really seems to have all the right pieces in all the right places. I don't see how this falls off for them. 
Is it sustainable, though, especially in Nets with Logan Thompson and Aiden Hill doing what they're doing? I would have to think no. At some point, they both kind of taper off. There's no way you can have a season where Thompson is having you know such a spectacular season of like a 169 and a 143, but then goes in a bit of a slump. But to mitigate that, you throw in Aiden Hill, who's 172 and 940, and that just continues to be your recipe for success. I don't know. That, I, I don't, I, it's very possible. I just don't see it in Aiden Hill. Um, I do believe Logan Thompson is a real deal, but I don't see Aiden Hill being able to continue doing what he's doing, where he's literally like the second you see a, a drip of water, he is your seal. I don't know. I don't know if I'm if I'm completely on board with that. But regardless, I think the the offense continues to go up and up and up. So I'm not even sure you need them to do this every single. Well, night. I mean, the goaltending. I, I was on another uh, guest on another podcast before we started our year, and I actually had the Vegas Knights missing the playoffs, and a lot of that had to do. A lot of that, yeah, I'm eating crow now, but I know. <laughs> but but a lot of that had to do with the goaltending. Yeah, and I just I have to be honest with you, I I. I was I still hadn't been fully bought into Logan Thompson. Okay. I do believe I do believe Logan Thompson is the real deal in the way that he can be a quite a serviceable yes. um a goaltender. Yeah. Now I I don't want to put him in a tier. I don't want to say elite no, or above average. I, I don't quite know yet. But I do think that, you know, I guess what I'm saying is let's say as an example, you know, um um Laner comes back, he ends up being the starter, they keep him, they signed him to that that contract and the whole bit, and then Logan Thompson moves on elsewhere. I do think he'll get work elsewhere, and I actually do think he'll get work elsewhere as a starter if that is what happens down the line. I, I do think that somebody's gonna give Logan Thompson a, a go if it isn't in Vegas. Yeah. Can he keep it going? That's the big question. Yeah. Uh that was that was my really the big crutch for me at the start of the year. Mm. Um, I did. I didn't think the offense was going to be as um, as potent as it is. Um, the the de- I, I was never really worried about the defense because that's a pretty experienced defense. You know, Peter Angelo. Yeah. Uh, you got Theodore. You got Theodore over there. They got some nice young pieces there too. So, I mean, it, the defense not isn't really the issue. It was more the goaltending for me. But I'll tell you what. You have to you have to go with the information that you that you currently have, and the information we currently have right now is everything's firing on all cylinders offensively and defensively for that team, and and their big question mark in nets. I mean, the numbers are sitting right there for both of us to see: one seventy two nine forty for Hill, one sixty nine nine forty three for Thompson. Yeah. I mean, what more do you want <laughs> oh from the guys? Oh my god, man! It's, like like I mean, what more do you, you want? Can't, from you can't you can't pull so, more you know from your goalies from that. That's ridiculous. They're they're in a great spot yeah. and you know i i as much as i would as much as i would love to see them fall off and then i could be right about my predictions yeah i i i am pulling for logan thompson i actually am pulling for aiden hill hill as well yeah. but I, I i do have a little thing for thompson i i hope he I hope things continue for him i don't know if he'll be able to sustain those numbers but I do think he can have some very, very serviceable numbers in the NHL. One number I do expect to have a huge drop-off, of, but for now, from a fantasy perspective, if you can add him to your team, it would be a smart move, is 21.1%. That's the shooting percentage of Chandler Stevenson, who has stepped into that top line with Eichel and Stone and filled in admirably four goals, four assists, eight points, yep. and ten. Like. I, I'm not sure I necessarily saw him being a top-line guy at the beginning of the season, uh, but good for him. 
it's funny because Vegas has a way of taking very similar to your Riley Smith, your Carlson, and your Marcia. So yep. these are guys that just go Recl- in reclamation project. There you yep. go. See, like you don't expect it necessarily, yep. but all of a sudden it's like, whoa, man, you guys have a chip on your shoulder. You really wanted to prove something from your former team, but now you're going to do it here. Excellent. Works out for me fine. But I do expect there to be a bit of a drop off there. But he's being used at 18 and a half, or actually almost 19 minutes per game. So there's a lot of faith there. And it kind of goes to show you that if you do, if you've got players who feel like they can do something and you give them a little bit, sometimes, you know, they roll with it. And Vegas has the knack for finding those kinds of players to just who are begging for that opportunity to prove everybody wrong about them. And then you let them go out and and there it is. 21.1% shooting percentage. That's pretty sick, Chandler. <laughs> a little side note. Um, the coach out in Vegas, uh, Cassidy. Cassidy, yeah. He must be. He must be loving it right now, right? He's pretty happy. Austin's like, ah, no, no, no thanks, saying no thanks. Goes over to Vegas. He's first in the conference right now. Tell it's me like, he doesn't yes. wish his Boston didn't come out of the gates a little bit slower than he did, though. <laughs> uh, I was, yeah, he, I, I'm sure he would have liked yes. it to come just a little bit. A it's it's ticks, ironic, you know? though, right? Vegas at the top of the Western at 8-2 and two, and Boston at the top of the East at 8-1. And, and neither of them were predicted to be there. Again, 10 games nope. in, but whatever. I mean, right now... Is, is, it is what it could is. This the, could this be the beginning of some sort of rivalry just because the coaches did a switch? Who hey, knows? That'd be fun. Who knows? Boston versus Vegas. Why not? Let's go. Well, I'll tell you something that is starting up pretty good right now. The New Jersey Devils. What? Mar- this is weird. Marty. This is still weird. <laughs> all, 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 all I can say, and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. This ain't your father's New Jersey Devils, okay? <laughs> this this ain't trapping New Jersey Devils. No. Listen, dude, I, I I as soon as we had our show last week, I kind of started looking at things that I might want to kind of write about. Yep. And this one this one popped right off the page for me. I've been looking real I'm super looking forward to getting into this. I mean, guys, this team is really starting to take shape. Yeah. The results are slowly coming around for a young group led by Jack Hughes, Heesher, Jesper Bratt. Doug Hamilton, this team has had a real solid start to the year. Oh, yeah. Here are now when I get into some of these numbers, it's going to be impressive. So the Devils sit in second in the Metro Division. They're at six and three. Here's where it gets real interesting: thirty-one goals for, twenty-three against. They're nineteen point two on the power play, twenty-first. Okay, not not too much to write home about. No. Here's where it gets good, folks. They're 93.1 on the penalty kill, which is fourth in the league. And this is one of the big reasons why I wanted to write about these guys. Shots for 39.3 average. You got to remember, that's an average. They've had numerous games over 40. Wow. They're They're first in the league. This is where the icing is on the cake. Shots against 21 point seven holy they are first they are first in the league in shots for and they are first in the league in shots against and i even put this little side note down too in regards to the shots against just to show you how well this team is playing seattle is the next best team to in regards to shots against at 26.1 wow they are a, they are um, they are almost five percentage points lower or uh, five shots right. lower per or game, lower per game sorry, yeah. than Seattle, and just uh, and just as a little a uh, little side note here, faceoff winning percentage is at fifty six point six. They're third in the league. Man, so this is a team that's starting with the puck a lot. Like I mean, d- 
dude, they had a huge win uh, last Friday against the defending Stanley Cup champs. It was a shutout. Vanacek got it. Uh, I mean, that can only serve for um, um, that much more confidence for these guys, right? Yeah. On top of all of that, Jesper Bratt has confirmed that last year is not a fluke, and that's for sure. <laughs> this guy's flying out of the gate yeah. to start the year. He's 4-11 four, 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 for 15 points in nine games. Yeah. Plus he six. shares 4-5 and 9 and 8. Another plus 6. Hamilton's 2-5 and 7 in 9, and Hughes is 3-5 and 8 in 8 games. The goaltending, which is somewhat of a sore spot at the moment. And the only reason I say that is because they both have winning records. Yep. It's the, it, it, it's the peripheral numbers. Yeah. Blackwood's three and two. Vanacek is two and one. Blackwood's at 281 GAA with an 871 save percentage. And Vanacek's sitting at a 240 GAA with an 889 save percentage. So if, if there's anything right now in New Jersey and I'm sitting there on the coaching staff, things are looking pretty good. But man, oh man, for a team giving up so little of shots, they must they must be a couple of high danger chances in there or something or other because that that save percentage is a little bit lower than you'd really like to see. But the the the, the case in point that I really wanted to point out here is they are just dominating possession right now, Marty. It's not even funny. Like almost forty shots a game average, and they're and. To almost 22 it's there's like a difference of 18 shots man like that's that that's a recipe for more wins than not like just that alone can they sustain that all year i don't know but i i, I mean i've watched a couple of their games i they played i watched their game over the week and i think they played they had a 7-1 game against columbus on oh Sunday, yes I think it was. yeah 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 my my lord marty yeah watching that game like if you're a Columbus fan, you hated watching that game. But if you're a New Jersey fan, not just the score, it's the way they were playing. Right. It was a, hey, it was, it was really impressive. I, I'm, I'm super happy to see that team do well. Yep. I mean, they kind of been in the doldrum here for a number of years. They're starting to put all the pieces together. They've got some really exciting players down there. Brat has, you know, come to play again this year. Yep. So he's telling you, I'm not just one, I'm one off here. You got Hughes in there. He's sure if he can ever, uh, you know, shake that kind of uh, Band-Aid boy status he's got right now. I mean, this is a really, really good team. About the only thing that I'd probably like to see a little bit more solidity in would be the goaltending. So aside from that, I'd say this team is looking pretty good. I, I, I can't sit here and say they'd make the playoffs, Marty, but this is a case again. I kind of put them in that Buffalo Sabres category. Yeah. The team is going to be good, and I bet you, I can almost bet you they're going to have a winning record. But I wouldn't be surprised to see them outside of the playoffs. And that's just, uh, I mean, you're going off to the top. We need, we ranked off six teams there to, to start off with. <laughs> so there's only two spots left. So, yeah. I mean, they have everything they have everything they need to try and get there. I think goaltending may end up being the, the Achilles heel. But it's a very exciting team to watch. They play a very, very exciting brand of hockey. And it's just kind of fun to see that team do well now. I think in the end, the, the recipe of control the play and the best way to control the play is to control the puck and how often they get it and how often you get it. If you control that, essentially, that's always going to translate into more wins, right? So if you're shooting the puck at a pace that they are, which is what, 40 shots a game compared to 20 shots a game? Yeah, yeah you're, you've got the puck twice as much as they do, you should be winning all these games. It's a no-brainer. It's like you said, though, is it sustainable? 
And I, I actually have to disagree with you. I think the goaltending has been one of the reasons why they've actually been playing very good, especially as of late. But I don't know. Neither, like, Blackwood's been tried and tested and failed. Mm-hmm. Um, he seems to be playing a little bit better this year for whatever reason, uh, but not that much. Uh, Vanacek, I think, can be. Um, but again, unproven. No way really of knowing. But he has been pretty good as of late. A big hit against his numbers right now is because he had five goals in one game. And he followed that up with a one goal in four shots. And I don't know what happened in that game. Either he got pulled because of an injury or he actually came in to relieve someone. He let in one on four shots. So his GAA and his save percentage on those two games took a massive hit. Thrown off a bit. Yeah. Okay. But in but since then, he's actually on a three-game winning streak where his goals against is somewhere in the 1.5, and his save percentage would be somewhere... He's got a shutout in there. So his save percentage would actually yep. be somewhere in, in the 980, it looks like, 960 kind of thing. Um, I do talk about him a little bit later, so we'll get to that. But I think that this rounds out... Decently for for him and for New Jersey, but it's the bigger question: is I don't know if a team has ever. I would love to know this, and I don't know if we can ever figure this out. But what what is the record for the end of the season in the goals for goals or sorry shots for shots against category? Because I don't know if it would be doubled, and that's where we're at with New Jersey right now, where they're shooting twice as much as they're letting shots come through to the goalie. You do that. In the playoffs, you're winning the cup every single day, unless there's like massive amounts of bad luck on your side, because there's no better formula to win than to control the thing that holds you from winning, which is the puck. Either you're putting the puck in the net or you're not. And the only way to put the puck in the net, like Gretzky said, is you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Well, if you're taking 40 shots and you're taking 20, then they're missing so much more often than you are. So it, that formula makes a lot of sense. It's got to be hard to maintain through for an entire 82-game season and then playoffs. So who knows? Like you said, though, they may not even be in the playoffs. So this, is, this might be a different team in week three or four or five or month four or five. All I have to say is don't bet on the Devils making the playoffs. <laughs> I don't think it's. I don't think we're quite there yet. <laughs> and speaking of betting, we're actually going to have to take a little pause right before we head into check my fanny. It's a quick word from our sponsors, DraftKings. Hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for the season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn smaller bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. And we're back, folks. So, next segment, check my fan. Checking it. Still don't have the song, guys. Check it. No, we still don't. You guys need to start giving us some ideas. Let's go nothing. get onto the old Twitter Twitters there and give us some ideas. Help us out. So, okay, division. So, divisional matchups continued this week, and the big one was was our game. I, I felt, Ugh. and and 
Well, do we have to talk about talk it? Talk about it. <laughs> Though the thing of it is, right, is we kind of built it up like we were both the top two teams. You know, we, we were, were pretty good. Absolutely. And I don't know what happened last week, but I mean, even I, I was able to come out victorious, yes. 36 to 29. Yeah. But in all reality, our game was kind of soft compared to a yes, lot of other teams. It was. The league. <laughs> um, like we were, uh, for a little while, I think we were the two lowest scoring teams yes. for a, a minute or something like that. Anyway, long story <laughs> short, I was able to kind of come out on top. Marty did have uh, a great week with uh, uh, with Thompson. Yes. He continued Thompson, his great yeah, play. Yeah. Um, How's it though? The the, the the one, the one thing that I did want to take from all of this though is that the Royals continue to roster a red hot oh, team. They have, they have an average score right now of forty eight point three through the first wow. three weeks of the season. Man. They're closely followed by uh, the well, I, I wouldn't even say closely. I mean, we're in the vicinity. The Apocalypse are at forty four, and, and I, the Dragons myself are at forty three point three for the first three weeks. Um, another strong week from the Buccaneers, uh, who are on a two game winning streak. Yeah. But I, two-game winning streak after dropping their opening week. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Demons continue to struggle to an 0-3 record to start the season. Uh, they were, they've obviously fell to the uh, high-flying Royals. Uh, and, of course, there was our uh, our uh, marquee matchup uh, of the week. Disappointment. So to quickly kind of, yeah, <laughs> to quickly run down scores, the Apocalypse were able to hold off the Cougars 47-38. to uh, The aforementioned Red Hot Royals uh, put up a 59 spot on the Demons, who ended up with 34. Buccaneers uh, were able to hold off the Pawn Hogs 43 to 27. And like I mentioned, the Dragons were able to hold off the Brigands 36 to 29. So we can, I thought we continued with divisional matchups this week, but it's only me with a divisional matchup. You and your brother, I think, are playing other teams. And then me and Ryan decided yep. to have a little get together and we're going to take care of business this week. Okay. So we'll see how, uh, we'll see how things, uh, Fair out this week. You gotta you gotta figure that Tom's gotta get a win here soon. There, at the some, demons, so. you would imagine at some point he's gonna get a win. But if he does get that win, that actually plays him a huge favor for us because Joel's obviously sitting at one one and one. A loss would be a, a, a you know a big deal for our, our division. That so help, absolutely. Yeah. But I just, I, just before we quickly move on to Beauties and the Beast, the Royals. Listen, I, I, I you know what? I'm gonna let his players do the talking. Brat Caulfield, Fiala, Stutzel, Suzuki, Kachuk, Kachuk, Verhage. Zegris, Falk, Fox, Carlson, Theodore, Huso, and Jerry. That's who he's dressing this week, okay? Who's on the like bench? <laughs> Who's on the bench? Beniers? Bernie? Beniers? Beniers? Uh, Matty Beniers? Beniers. Beniers. Thank you. See, I want to say yeah. it in French. You're That's welcome. Beniers. Me too. Uh, Boser. Uh, he's got right, but, you know, whatever. Um, Kemp? Kempe? See, that's another one. Kemp? Yeah, Adrian, Adrian Kempe, you got Kempe, it right. Nice. Kairou, Lion, these are on his bench, by the way. These guys are not playing. Vokvis, oh Chitrin, still injured, but whatever. Jake Sanderson, <laughs> Jake Sanderson is his future star. Shut the hell up. Georgiev and Vanacek on the bench, on the friggin' bench. He gets more points on his bench than I get in my starting lineup. Now, I can appreciate the fact I've got the old squad. He's got the new squad. So, yeah, it makes sense, especially in the onset. It takes, takes longer for the old knees to get warm, and then my guys will be fine. But Jesus, yeah. man, this is his league, and we're just playing for second. That's it. Well, the, the, the interesting part, and we've all – I mean, Scott has seen this as well throughout the years too – all of our teams at some point, and it usually happens that for, for all of us at least once during the year where your particular players, just for whatever reason, yeah. are all hot at the same time. Yes. Now, that I think that's the question when it comes to the Royals because, dude, <laughs> it's disgusting. like 59 spot, like this guy's had like two two weeks of over 55, I think. Yes. And 
you just you have to wonder that is that sustainable is he going to keep that going are his players that I good and just going to keep it going throughout the year which neither do i but i secretly because, hope it does because this this would be a well this is an amazing season he, well the thing for me is when you were rhyming off those players and and i've always kind of looked at it that way too when i look at my team is you start naming all of the players on his squad and you're like okay so, okay, let's say two or three of these guys end up shit. Let, let, let's, let, let's say four or even five guys start shit in the bed. Yeah. Like, he's got guys that he can put in if they're not doing well. Doesn't matter. So, Doesn't matter. it's like, it's, it's, and they're I'm just so like, okay, young. I'm, I'm, I know, I, I know. Uh, that, that's, that's a bit of a sore that's spot. That's the right kicker. Now, for sure, because Cause this is I his know. team for a very long time. <laughs> yes. Like, I mean, they, they, it's a young group, man. It's a young yeah. group, and it just feels like, it feels like this guy's got like ten or eleven players deep, for combined forwards and defensemen. Yeah. Throw in the goaltenders here. I mean, Jerry, like, oh, right there, yeah. You don't, you like, he, you know, he's not out, he's not out there going after a Vasilevsky or a Shosturkin. He took what was available to him. Jerry's the guy. There it is. I mean, he's very. I mean, Jerry's a good goaltender, and he plays for a team that's going to win a ton of games. And that's all you're looking for, especially in our pool, because yep. we don't have peripheral categories. No. So it's all about wins, yep. wins and shutouts. That's it. So if, and, and he's got what he needs. Yeah. And his players have just been going off to start they the have. year. So yeah. good, on, good on the Royals, good on his players. I hope it doesn't last for long because my Lord, he would have just demolished me this week. I think, and that's oh. uh, absolutely, yeah. Well, you, speaking of demolished, if I lost yeah, to you. I, no, I know, I, I know, I know. I, I wasn't bringing that up, but you, you know. <coughs> but that's the thing with my team. <coughs> like I said, and I don't mind to a degree, uh, but that's part of the reason why I usually come out of the gates pretty pretty slow is oh, I got lucky this year because a lot of my guys actually came out hot, but then sure as shit they got cold right away um and then it's tapered off right where no one's really doing much of anything right now it's because there's some old bones um eventually they'll be fine everybody on my team is a top six player more or less that i that every time i address somebody they're top six those are top six numbers and i'm comfortable with that because i know at some point things will turn around for me and for them it's whether or not i can do enough between now and when things click to keep up with Scott. Now, yes, we both have the same record right now, two and one, because it's way too early to really think or worry too much about it. But these are also the times where like, God, I wish I had just that one more win. Like losing to you this uh-huh. past week is a big deal. And part of the reason why I lost last year, because I lost early to you. And then I started to come back uh, halfway, th- midway through the season, where I think I actually beat yep. you uh, two games in a row, like the the two games in the middle of the season, or it was like a back to back or something. I looked at it earlier, but anyways, all that to say that I found my hot streak. But then at the end of the day, yes, I lost the last game, but it wouldn't have mattered. You had already won the season at that point. Um, so had I just won that one extra game and won the last one, then I could have had it. So anyways, what I'm getting at is that these early games actually do kind of matter because in our with our the way our all of our teams are, we're going to be tight all season. That one yes, loss, especially in the division, is a big deal. And, and it will translate well, to a bigger issue well, I mean, later you, on. You can maybe back this point up here, Marty. I mean, in, in our pool, and this is all I'll say about uh, um, our Check My Fanny segment here. In, in our pool, because we have a midseason and because we are not a daily fantasy pool, so you can't add players yep. in November, December. If you can get out to a good first half of the year, 
i.e. I'll use my team, for example, yep. and I'll use uh, the game that I just had against Marty here last week, folks. Thank you. What Marty's trying to say, I think, is if you can, if I can have a great start to the year, uh, a great first half in particular, we, we're all going to beef up at midseason. Yes. So it's it's harder to catch up in the second half of the season if you've trailed off a little bit in the Too first much. half. Now, I know that sounds like a Captain Obvious, but what I'm saying is everybody <laughs> gets to beef up. So everybody gets to beef up. So yeah. it, it's not like. It's not like you're able to catch up that much more. Yes, you nah. can get on a hot streak and come back and sure. it's happened. But but it becomes more difficult in the second half yeah. of the year for us for those same reasons because after midseason, that's it again. It's only yeah. the trade deadline or a trading of players that's going to get you anything. Yeah. So it, may, it, it does make it very interesting that way. And I will concur with you that Yes, whenever you have those kind of interdivisional losses, and yes, I, I don't mean to pick on you. I'm using our game as an example. <laughs> That's a it, it's it's a big swing. Yes, uh, right. You know, week three, week three, it's a big swing, and it's yep. like holy cow, why is everything so important right away? Yeah. But it yeah. is. It, it is again because a lot of our GMs have done a really good job of developing their teams and, and having like last year mm-hmm. there were six of us that were in contention. For right up until yeah, yeah. Uh, you know maybe five weeks left in the in the season, there were six of us still in contention, yeah. mathematically and realistically. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. things started to taper off. Uh, perfect example too last year of what happened was you know uh, the Buccaneers, they caught up to uh, the Demons, mm-hmm. and that was that second hand that second half push. The tra- one trade that yeah. definitely helped them out was getting Odinger. Um, but still, yeah. he went out and actually got a few extra players at the midseason. He went on a run. He did. He went on a huge run, which was the reason why he was able to catch up to the Demons and, and do so well. And, of course, the Demons kind of went in a little bit in the opposite direction in terms of what their players were doing. So you need that early that early season, the first half push to be as good as you can possibly get it. In fact, it needs to be ridiculous even at some point. If you if you don't come out of that with a ridiculous lead and your midseason isn't necessarily your midseason draft isn't really as strong as you had hoped, you're probably in a lot of trouble. Um, and that's where you need to be careful. And yes, sometimes you can draft in pretty well at the midseason, but if you're like me, you tend to trade those picks away and you've got no choice. So I really rely on the first half. And then midseason, I'll see what I can do. But it's that first half that I rely on the most. The second half is where I'm really crossing my fingers and hoping injuries don't become an issue. Uh, my guys tend yeah. to get definitely sat a lot more towards the end, just especially if their team's going to be in the playoffs. Um, actually, either way, they'll get sat a lot just because they're, they're older. So I need the first half of the season to be monstrous, and I'm nowhere near that. I'm lucky that I'm 2-1. and one. Quite frankly, um, I think I'm lucky because I am the team that's been scored on the least. And that's been a reason why I'm two and one. Not because my the first game would be the the first week would be the only week where my team, uh, my players actually did a lot more than I expected them to. But um, mm-hmm. anyways, so moving right along, now we're going to land on the, our beauties and uh, the beasts. And the beasts. Here is, here are, here's the information you need fantasy managers i know this is a good segment i like these why don't you hit us up i love it first michael sounds good um so i had to talk about the boston bruins last week and it pained me to no end and i was violently ill after the show sure Uh, i still i still have them um i do believe i'm going to be violently ill again today (laughs) after i uh, discuss this but how can you not talk about linus allmark um, I believe this may be a gentleman that will be in high demand at our midseason, yes. seeing as Mr. Jeremy Swayman was the uh, 
uh, consensus choice at the draft. Yep. But I'll tell you what, Linus Sommark, big, big goaltender, six foot five, two hundred and twelve pounds. He's twenty nine years old. He is currently undefeated with a one point seven zero goals against average and a nine forty five save percentage. Damn. Like I said, as a Habs fan, I'm getting real tired of hearing about how great the, the start has been for the Bruins, <laughs> and I am so tired, dude. I'm so tired of it. But as a hockey, but as a hockey fan, yeah. I absolutely, my, my allegiance is aside as a hockey fan. I love watching this team right now. And we talked about it already. This is a team that is going to get reinforcements in two. Oh my God. Not one, two all-star players and Charlie McAvoy. And they got Brad. Oh Oh my God. No, no. Listen, (laughs) I, I, I'm going off, I'm going off script here. I love Brad Marchand, and I cannot so stand this guy for the same at the at same the same, yeah. same time. <laughs> yeah. This guy comes back, okay, oh, early, early, early yep. from an injury. He puts up three goddamn points in the first goddamn not game. not three two assists, goals. two goals, one assist. I'm like, what? Yeah, that's I'm that's disgusting. Guy. And he's that type of guy that you. It's the same on fantasy as it is in real life. You love having him on your yes. team, but you hate it whenever you're playing. For sure. Team. I just couldn't. I can't stand it. I was so <laughs> glad that he was on the bench for you. Yeah. I'm so happy. But listen, getting back to Almerk, I mean, he came in there. There was some questions as to yeah. why maybe they gave him the contract. But I think we're starting to see right now. This is a guy who's found his confidence. Yep. He's, not like it wasn't there before, but I mean, look, 1.7 and 945. Like this guy's on a roll right now. Yeah. He's playing really, really well. Like I said, McAvoy's going to come back to to me unless there's a little bit of a disruption in in, in where guys are placed. I don't see yeah. anything bad going there. And and I I have to I do have to give a shout out to Hampus Lindholm. This yep. guy has been an absolute stud, absolutely for yeah. the Boston You're Bruins right. with McAvoy out. It, it, you cannot talk about that defense and the way that team's been playing right now without talking about him. Yep. He has definitely, definitely taken the reins for them, at least until McAvoy gets back. And just Yeoman's work, he has had a great, great start to the so year. Good. But I mean, as for Allmark, if you are in any kind of a daily fantasy, and if anybody, because it is a bit of a timeshare in Boston, he has been getting the majority of the games, mm-hmm. mind you, but it, it's not like he's playing 55 60. So if you are in daily fantasy, this is a guy you really want to be looking at. I mean, obviously you can plunk him in when he does get the start. You can keep yeah. him on the bench when he when he doesn't. Mm-hmm. So a little bit more focused in on the on the daily fantasy there. Uh, I, I mean, if he's available in any league that you have, you may want to get your hands on him. He's playing that well. So I love uh, the I love the Boston. Swayman and Allmark whenever they win a game. The way they oh, come, dude. To do it. It's the I best. love that. I, I love seeing it's, that. It, it and and for me. It, it's not as a fan, you love just seeing the whole goalie hug thing yeah. type of deal. But on but on top of that, you can it it's the camaraderie yep. between the two of them. So you know there isn't a guy sitting there stewing and saying, right. God damn, you know, I no, should No, I be think they're pushing each other. It. It's great. They are pushing each other, and that's exactly what you want for yeah. for your team. For sure. Bar none. Absolutely. Uh move, moving on to Oof. my next beauty. Here's another beauty, man. Just, well, some of the numbers won't won't kind of jump off the page at you, but we're talking about one Justin Falk out in St. Louis. Now, look, I know St. Louis has had a bit of a tough go here over the last five games. Mm-hmm. They're on their first five-game losing streak in like five years. Barube had these – he was dropping F-bombs at uh, practice this morning the whole bit. Yeah. 
But I mean, look, with Falk, you got a six foot player. He's 214 pounds. He's 30 years old. Experience, been around the league for a little bit here. In seven games played, he's got three goals and six assists. Marty, as you know, those goals basically add up to now six goals and, or, well, yeah, six points. Six points. Six points instead of three goals. Yeah. So now it's 12 points in total instead of the nine that he is in real life. Um, he's a minus two, which isn't too bad considering, considering how they've been yeah. playing. Yeah. And he is getting 22-39 time on ice and night. So look, I mean, you'd have to think many fantasy managers are reaping the benefits of uh, of, of what I imagine is a solid value pick. Because this guy, this isn't the type of guy that you were picking in the third or fourth round. Well, this no, not with six, seven, eight. Not when you've got, um, oh my God, Jeez, yeah, I just his name. Tori Krug. Tori Krug, thank you. Um, yep. and, and there's another one, Pariaco, who's also another good defense defender out there. And there's a third one I and can't Scott, think of. And Scott, and... And there's uh, Scott Peronovic. There you go. But he's uh, he's he's hurt right now. He's supposed to kind of be their quarterback of the future type of deal. But Justin but, Falk uh, has been consistent even before this. Like he's yeah. kind of been sneaking up to this season. I think last year yeah. you kind of saw it, and I had him on my team last year, and he was a great secret weapon. Uh, unfortunately, he was mm-hmm. part of my COVID team, so I couldn't insert him as often as I wanted to. I really wanted him this year, but unfortunately I had other priorities and I couldn't snag him in time because Scott was smart about it. Yet another freaking player Scott has. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not upset. Um, no, but I mean, in regards to Falk, he's he's definitely doing that for you. He's that sneaky play that you can get in the later rounds, right? And he's actually in your starting lineup right now. Yeah. So again, kind of going back, I mean, whether it's Daily Fantasy or whether it's like ours where it's a, more of a weekly thing. Mm-hmm. This is this is a guy that's been playing well enough here that you, you probably want to get him in the lineup. If and especially with us with the, those goals, those three goals end up getting him a little boost there too. So uh, good on Justin Falk. He's in my eyes, he's kind of outplaying Tory Krug right now, uh, production wise. Anyway, like I, yeah, does, does does Krug end up taking over that over by the end of the year? I don't know, but right now I'd say he's probably the better D out of the out of the two. I don't. So. Krug's never really fit well into St. Louis and. No, I never liked it when he went from Boston. Like he was totally a Boston guy. I still see him as a Boston guy. Yeah, right now. Like, you're right. Whenever I see, I just, I just see him as Boston's power play guy. And yeah. I bet. I mean, whenever you got, I mean, look at McAvoy, young kid coming up. Absolutely, you had to make the move, yeah. right? So, yeah. speaking of a young guy, Oof. and I, and we talked about Valerie Nashushkin last week, yeah. and it pained me because that was a guy I was going to pick up in the later rounds. Well, guess what? We're going to have another painful talk here now. This hurts. And this one, I think, may hurt a little bit more. Hurts more. We're talking about Marty Natchez out in Carolina. 6'2", 189. Talent. He's 23 years old. Yeah. Eight games played. He's got five goals and six assists for 11 points. <laughs> he has found some wicked, wicked chemistry with KK and Shveshnikov mm-hmm. on that second line. Mm-hmm. He's a plus two right now. And it's kind of the same thing as Nishushkin. Remember Nishushkin was playing over 20 minutes? This guy's playing 1950 time on ice. So it has gone up massively. I want to say it's gone up about good four minutes from last year. So look, I mean, when you're talking about a a rebound to start the year, this is the guy. Yeah. I mean, he's having a massive rebound right now. It was a tough season last year for him. I don't know if it came down to confidence or if he was just playing too far down in the lineup. But like the... the aforementioned Sveshnikov and, and uh, Kotkaniemi, he's sitting on that second line with them, and he is absolutely taking uh, full advantage of that opportunity. Arguably one of the team's hottest trios, if not the hottest trio on that team. Looking super confident, 
with the puck. He's formed some really good chemistry with both of those guys. Um, on top of that, the guy's currently getting some great exposure on power play one. So he's with all of the club's top stars. And you've yep. got the Sveshnikov. He's got Ajo. He's probably Teravine. Uh, no, I think Teravine is on the second line. But I think Jarvis is on the first uh, power play as well. But, I mean, you know what? This is the type of player that's going to win you championships. He's that player that you're getting at the back half of the draft. He, pr- he certainly wasn't a guy that was looked at at the top of the draft, especially with the type of year he had. But, I mean, for for some of those, if you're a team that's kind of looking for, you know, that kind of mid, not I don't want to even say middle-of-the-road guy. I mean, you've got your superstars, and then you've got your up-and-comers. He's kind of right in that, that middle where if, you know, somebody may have jumped over him and not, yep. not taken him or whatever. Yeah. So, if he is, I, I doubt he's still available in daily fantasy, that's for sure. But, if I mean, if... If there is any way that you can pull any kind of a deal off, it may be it may be something you might want to do because I, I'm I'm starting to wonder, Marty, is this is this the beginning of it for him? Twenty three, like it sounds it, like there's, it. A, there's there's a few things that are kind of screaming a little bit at me. Good team, yeah. You know he's got he's got he's got like I said, Kakinyemi and Sveshnikov on that second line with him. And the reason I keep mentioning that is you got three players that are kind of at the same point in their career. True. They're, they're right around that 24, 23, 22 area. Yeah. So they're all going through the same kind of life, right? They're all, they can all kind of bounce things off each other. So to me, he's just in a really, really good spot. The fact he's on that first power play unit. Big deal. That that that's that is going to be a big deal because yeah. that's where this guy can go from let's say 55 fringe 60 to start getting into that 70 point area. And Marty, you and I both know. In our league, we lap those guys up. If you're hitting 70 points, yes. you're on somebody's team. Absolutely. So be. I really I really do think that this is where we're going with this kid. I mean, Rod Brindamore is the type of guy. I mean, as a former player, and he he knows that team up and down, he wouldn't be giving him 1950 a night if he if one he couldn't handle it or he didn't think he deserved it. Yeah. So that that's the other thing that jumped off the page for me was the 1950 time on ice. And I just said, you know what? Brindamore knows what he's doing down there, you know, and like I said, you just, you have three players that are kind of all going through the same thing at the same time. They can just, I mean, I could just see these guys getting together playing cards after and, you know, they can talk about everything that they're going through. I can just see it. (laughs) So, you know what? Good, good on Marty Natchez. I'm really happy for him. You know, I I thought maybe this could have happened a couple of years ago, Uh, you know, tough year last year, but man, oh man, is he ever making up for it this year? Absolutely. Now, last but not least, is my beast. And I'm a little surprised that I put this guy... uh, I'm a little surprised that he is in a beast category. But this is a guy who you expect more out of. And we're talking about Kyle Connor. 6'1", 182. He's 25 years old. In eight games played, he only has the one goal. This is a guy that hit what? I think it was... Was it not 46 or 47 last year? He's got three assists for a total of four points. He's a minus one. He's playing 20-42 a night. So he's real healthy, playing a lot on power play one, getting his regular uh, first line shift. I mean, it's been quite perplexing the start of the year that this guy's had. True. The nice, the one nice thing that I will say that, that I mean, if, if it was lower, it'd be super concerning, but his shot volume is still up there. He's shooting 3. 3.5 shots per game, roughly. Um, so at, at the very least, he's still firing the puck, which says to me that more or less, he's yeah. a little snake bitten right now. Yeah. 
I mean, if he continues to see uh, prime time on power play one with the, those skilled forwards, I mean, the guy's going to start to bury them. Do you know what I mean? I yeah. mean, he, his shooting, his shooting percentage this year is 3.3 <laughs> and his, and his career, his career average is 15. Yeah. So, you know, there's going to be some progression there for sure. And at the end of the day, it's Kyle Connor. I this think guy's too, way too, yeah, way too talented. I, I think this is just more of a talented. Winnipeg problem than a, than a Kyle Connor issue. Because if you look at the top of the, of their, of their board here, it's Josh Morrissey leading the way in points with eight assists, no goals. Um, so I want to know where I think that comes from. What's bonus. That? Yeah. I think yeah. a lot, of, I think yeah. a lot of this is coming from bonus because he's much more of a defensive minded coach. True. And if you look at, you know, well, who benefits from a defensive, defensive minded team, that's your goalie. Now, that being said, Connor Hallibuck's always been a good goalie. But yeah. given what he did last year and what you're looking at right now, that 241 and 931 with, a, with one shutout. 17 goals against um, on the season in seven games played. Like, this is starting to sound like a good defensive system. Um, and, yeah, actually, further than that, you've got your defenseman leading your team in points. So, yeah, there might be something said about, you know, these guys, the defenseman's being leaned on more heavily. Because if I'm looking at forwards here, I mean, the number one forward is Blake Wheeler. Didn't see that coming either. But in terms of time on ice, the only forward with more than 17 minutes would uh, or their top one I should say is uh Ehlers and he's got three assists in two games played so he hasn't played since so really aside from that their forwards are getting on average about 17 minutes a game no one's got 20 only their defensemen have 20 so that I think you're right I think you hit the nail on the head that's exactly what's going on with this team so continue to look to Josh Morrissey in Winnipeg <laughs> didn't, didn't think I would be saying that today no, it's just I think it's been a um, it's been a, a rough turnover for yes. them in regards to the type of systems that they're going to. I think Bonus is just bringing in a much more defensive yeah. system, and I think maybe that's kind of cutting into a little bit of the Possibly. production. But you know what? Like I said, I mean Kyle Connor, it's one of those players where he's just too skilled to not yep. put up the points. They're they're yep. going to have to come. All right, so it's off to my Mr. Beauties, Mr. Marty Beauties. Uh, I'm going to start off with Dominic Kubalik. Four goals, seven assists, and eight games. That's some pretty nice numbers. Another one that's available in our draft, too, uh, so mm-hmm. that we look at midseason. Uh, plus two, four blocks, 20 shots on goal, and 15, just 15 minutes per game. He's a former 30-goal scorer and is has been leaned on in Detroit, and rightfully so. He's another one of those players that Chicago let go because it made them better. So that makes sense that they let them go. <laughs> Because he scored 30 in Chicago in his first season. So why would you want to keep that around when you're young and trying to rebuild? That doesn't make any sense. Fucking Chicago. Anyways, um, <laughs> something they don't want to be in the end. If Steve, if uh, quite frankly, if Steve, uh, what I'm trying to get out of here, I'm going to have to cut all that part out. Uh, Steve Eisman says you're playing on this team, then you go there and you just become whoever he thinks you are. And that's essentially what Dominic Kubalik has done since he's been there. Um, there's a good chance that he's available in your league. He's available in roughly 30% of leagues out there. So getting, and he's getting top six use in Detroit. Now that may not sound like a whole lot because it's Detroit, but quite frankly, someone's going to put the puck in the net. And right now it's Kubalik. And if mm-hmm. it's not him scoring, he's got a, a hand in there. So in terms of fantasy right now, hard to bet against Dominic Kubalik. I mean, in in regards to Detroit, you you basically already touched it. And, I, and when you got Steve Eiserman running the show down there, I mean, you can't go wrong. It, it, obviously, he wanted yeah. him. 
obviously he wanted him. So he sees a nice fit. And, and, and listen, you know, at some point, and this is another teaser, at some point this year, I'll be writing about the uh, Detroit Red Wings because as a fantasy manager, any time that you need anything in regards to fantasy, just look where Steve Eisman is. Pretty easy. It may not be a guy that's going to win you a championship right now. It may be an up-and-comer. It may be a, a decent veteran like a yeah. David Prawn. You know what I mean? But, but I mean, whenever it comes to Eisman, just follow him. I mean, that, that's, that's fantasy gold in most that's cases. True, yeah. So when it comes to Kubalik, when it comes to Kubalik, he's just he's filling in with a nice player that can go second, third line, can move around the lineup a little bit. And, so, and produce. Uh, another great move, but another yeah. great move. Absolutely, absolutely. And he's, and he's giving you coverage, especially in a, um, any kind of a, a league that is a banger yep. league that's got that's peripheral true. stats, like your plus, minus, and blocks. I mean, guys plus two, four blocks. He's, he's yep. giving you coverage. So, I mean, it, it, it's a type of player that you can absolutely. plug and play. Uh, great waiver wire Absolutely. kind of ad, so yep. can't go wrong there. Um, I'm actually going to hop over my list, and I'm going to go to Vitek. I want to save a lot, the best for last, I think. So Vanacek was somebody I mentioned before. No he's actually on my list. I originally had Bennington in here, but he's played so poorly in the last two games. I want to kind of take that one back for a second. I do think Bennington has fa- refound his game. I think this is kind of the slump that St. Louis has just sort of found himself in. I don't think you can blame Bennington for what's happened in St. Louis, but I felt like I didn't want him in right now. He did come out pretty good. Like I said, though, kind of on a bit of a slump right now. So let's just put the pump the brakes on Bennington for now and switch over to Vanacek. Now, he's always been a good goalie. And much like myself, many felt that his move to New Jersey gave the Devils a fresh new look in Nets and therefore some excitement. So not much, though. Outside of his October 15th game where he led him five goals, he's been rock solid thus far, sporting a one goals against and a 955 in his last seven games. He's locked in and as, as, as locked in as you can get right now. And with the group in front of him scoring ninth in the league, that's a great recipe for wins. And like you had mentioned before, too, like their system just dictates that they're going to win games. If you score, if you shoot mm-hmm. twice as much as the other team, not only are you helping your goalie out because you're keeping the puck away from him, but you're putting pucks in the net. So you're helping on both sides of the net. So I yeah. do think he's kind of the guy right now that you can sort of lean on because, again, as of late, very hot. Like a one goals against and a 955 in his last seven, that's nothing to sneeze at. That's extremely good. That's in the top of, of the entire NHL. So Right now, I would absolutely just sort of, I would look to him, put him in, and not saying set it and forget it, ride this wave. Eventually, New Jersey's going to crash a little bit, ride it out, and then stash him a little bit because they're going to get hot again. So you're going to, and it's going to be him. You're going to want to ride him a little bit longer. So hold on to him. So it's, it's a good I pickup mean, for sure. I, I got to agree with you. I mean, just getting out of uh, Washington and having a little bit of a, a fresh look out in New Jersey. And you know what? New Jersey's kind of been looking for somebody to True. hang their hat on, right? Just like any other team will in the league. Sometimes it's a little bit more of a timeshare, but you're always kind of looking for, okay, who's my guy who's going to, who's going to get the first game of the year. Who's my guy who's going to start the playoffs for me. Do I, you know, do I have that guy that's kind of one that's above the other? And I think that's what they're hoping a little bit from yeah. Vanacek. At least I hope so. I mean, Black Blackwood has had his time to to try and and and, and take the net. I do think that at the end of the day, it is going to be Vanacek. Yeah. And like we've and like we said about New Jersey earlier, they're just they're playing so well right now. You just 
I mean, you got to have the puck. <laughs> you got to have the puck to score on them. <laughs> yeah. So if they're shooting 40 times, they got the puck a fair bit. So it'll be interesting to see both Vanacek and the Devils, what comes out of the rest of this year for both of these True. individual, the team and the Absolutely. individual. Um, this is kind of a, I don't think it's a, I don't know how much of a secret this player is anymore because he's really been on fire lately. In fact, my stats only cover up to Sunday and I believe he had a hell of a night uh, last night or the night before. Um, that and that's Velarde. So he's got again. Remember, this was on Sunday when I originally wrote this. So he had seven goals mm-hmm. and four assists in ten games, twenty-seven shots on goal. So he's doing it all, and in, honestly, in just fifteen minutes, is, is, is very impressive. Other than their gaudy silver helmets, I don't know why they think this is a good idea. Those silver helmets are—they look like it. childish. Gaudy. They're they're brutal. They're quite frankly, they're, they're disgusting. I do throw up a little bit when I see them. So please get rid of them now because they're not helping anything. In fact, someone is watching hockey for the first time and they're unfortunately seeing Los Angeles and they're going, I'm out. This is a stupid sport. (laughs) And that's what's happening. But (laughs) we're done. But back to Velarde. Yeah, there isn't much luring fan management. Actually, sorry, that's not true though. In in, in LA, LA's got a good vibe right now. Actually, Kevin Fiala is, is, is another one too that I thought about putting in here. He's proving to be very actually i think more than what they had expected within the core of this team and i think velarde is actually their top six absolutely. is looking good their top six is, is kopitar kempe i mean uh, fiala now velarde yeah. now i didn't see this coming out of velarde yep. though. did you and you got yeah, aya fallow too. Right. you yeah. got aya fallow yeah. as well there too and again i'm not saying that he's an 80 point guy but when you start to get these players all together yep. here now now LA's got a little something to work yep. with here. And these guys aren't like 30 years old here. Yes, Kopitar's on, on the other side of That's 30, fine. but a lot of these players are are either in their prime or kind of up and coming. So they're in a good spot right now. I, like I, it will, obviously, it's always more interesting if you can actually see these players sort of hold on to it and continue forward with it. But what I didn't expect, and the reason why I'm pointing out Velarde right now is that last year we kind of understood that LA overachieved. They got into the playoffs, and in fact, they gave Edmonton quite the issues in the playoffs, but they ended up losing. And yeah. still, we all felt like, you know, good for them. You know, they're, they're on the right track. This is looking pretty good. Right now, as it stands, they're fourth in their division, or in their, sorry, in their conference, which isn't really saying much. But they've got 41 goals for, which is part of what I didn't expect from them. Um, yes, it's 11 games. They've played one or two more than most others, but still 41 goals. And that's just, that's that to me is an important stat. And Velarde is a big reason for why this team is even better than what I, they were last year. Quick kind of had to be their guy last year. I think this year, I think Velarde is that guy for them. He's kind of what Tage Thompson did for Buffalo last year. I think I can see Velarde being that guy for them this year for the main reason that nobody really expected him to be. But Velarde, believe it or not, is leading this team with eight goals, eight goals in 11 games and five assists, 13 and 11. That's the up-to-date as of right now stat. That's ridiculously good on a team that you actually expected either Kopitar, Fiala, or maybe even Kempe to actually lead their team. No, it's Velarde. And I, I see this continuing for him. I don't see the slowing down. This is, I, I can see this being who he is. Well, as he's a got a good pedigree, right? Like, I mean, I think he comes out of the, uh, the Q, uh, uh, the Quebec Q. major junior hockey league. If I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, he first round pick, uh, 
geez, I, I got to be honest with you. I can't even remember where he was taken in the first round, but I do believe he was a first round pick. So he's got that, that pedigree. It's just a matter of kind of putting it all together. And that certainly seems like it's happening right now. And that Alex, just another one of those teams. I kind of put him a little bit, maybe a little bit of a tick ahead of like a New Jersey or yeah. a Buffalo, right? They're kind of just a little bit ahead of that curve. You know, you got Dowdy down there, you got Kopitar, you got uh, uh, quick and net. So there's a little bit of stability yep. uh, in some important places. But uh, no, I mean, with, with some of these young players, and of course, you're, you're mentioning Villardi t- tonight, th- this is a really uh, fun yeah. team to watch, aside from the, yeah. hel- aside from <laughs> seeing, seeing your reflection oh, in those helmets. Such but other than, that, uh, other than that, it's a fun, fun team to watch out there, yeah. and good on them. They were kind of in a little bit of no man's land there for uh, the past yeah. five years or so. So, I mean, aside from last year, they were a little bit in the doldrums, but it's good to see them where they are now, and it's good to see a nice little... Uh, I think if they, if they can get either Pedersen or um, Quick to to really run with this season, mm-hmm. they'll be in the playoffs again, yeah. and they might be a little yeah. bit more dangerous I this year. I think so, too. So look out for them. It, it's... It, it all depends on I, that goaltending yeah, for that's sure. A big, that's a big question mark for sure. Uh, speaking of question marks, so my beast, and this one hurts, is Alexander Barkov. Now, I was apprehensive to keep him in as my beast, but opted to keep him there because of the one goal in nine games thus far. So he, he's going to right the ship 100%, but this is a slow-moving vehicle at the moment. Uh, great three-point effort in his last game, but really he's only got four points in his last five games, which you know for most people might be okay, but not for Barkov. These are not good numbers. These are not Barkov is supposed to be a set and forget a guy. Four points in five games ain't gonna cut it. He's still in my lineup because you have to. Plus, Florida's playing good hockey. They're not. They don't need Barkov as much as maybe I thought they were gonna need him this year. Um, they've got some good balance, but this is. This is a player struggling to figure it out on what may be a different structured team. I kind of feel this might be the beginning of the end of Barkov in Florida. I feel that the identity of this team is shifting to Kachuk. And yeah, I'm going off script here. It's going it's shifting to it's shifting uh-huh. to Kachuk. And because of that, Barkov, for whatever reason isn't gelling with them anymore. Call it an attitude adjustment or call it just because the game, uh, the system being played in Florida no longer adheres to his skill set. Or it's just a blip in the radar and he'll be fine. I do think in the end he'll be fine. I don't see this being his best offensive season. So maybe the set it and forget it tag comes off of him for this year until he goes into a better environment. I do think that's part of what's going on here. So for now... I don't, as a guy who owns him in his team, I'm very close to, to sitting him probably, probably next week and then waiting to see, waiting to be convinced to put him back in there. I need him to start scoring more goals. I need him to start shooting the puck more. I'm, I'm, from what I'm getting from some of the stats is I'm seeing someone who, either, again, either the team doesn't want to lean on him or he's got a bad attitude because of maybe the team isn't leaning on him. Like he's not exactly the leader that he was before. I don't know. Something's got to give though. Well, you got to wonder if it's a little bit of what's going on in uh, Winnipeg. We were just talking about bonus and how he's kind of changing that to a more uh, defensive system. Uh, oddly enough, it's Paul Maurice that's down there in, yeah, uh, in Florida true. now. So you, you would, you wouldn't, my, my initial reaction would be that, Things are going to be fine with Barkov. Um, I don't know if I see the same thing with you in regards to him uh, going to another organization. Although that I, I 
it could be. I mean, they did make a little bit of a sizable shift here. I mean, they moved out uh, Huberdo and they brought in Kachuk. So, uh, and we talked about it before. We felt that that was kind of uh, management and the people running that team saying, "Okay, I don't, I don't think this group is mm-hmm. is the the makeup that we're going to need." So obviously, they went went out and got a guy with way more sandpaper than uh, Huberdo. Exactly. And that's not to say Huberdo's a softy, but I mean, who, that's just not Huberdo's game. Yeah, it's a different um, it's a so different system. I, I, that's I, at the end of the day, you're spelling something out in a different way. So you still want success. You still want yeah. him there. You still think you can win with him. That's why he's still part of your team. But this is a different team with Kachuk versus Huberdo. And you're right. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's more sandpaper on this team. Not suggesting Barkov can't handle sandpaper, but maybe that's just not where his skill set is best. I mean, if they traded Huberdo, I mean, there's, everybody. There's right? every they traded Gretzky, they so anybody's exactly, tradable. They could do this. <laughs> You got it. So, I mean, yeah, I, again, like you said, I don't think there's going to be much of an issue here, really, whether he stays with the club or whether he goes somewhere else. This is a guy who's going to put points Eventually, up as long yes. as he's healthy. Yeah. Um, r- r- rough start to the year, mind you. Yeah. But, uh, again, you know, with a new coach, you just got to wonder if it needs just a little bit more time for that individual to kind of set his systems in place. True. And then the players to kind of start performing to their capabilities within yeah. that structure. Well, and there you have it. That's our Bees and the Bees. There's another one Another done. one in the books. Third um, in, in the, the bag. bag, in the books. Who cares? It's all the same. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> suck at writing. There it is. Thanks to everyone out there for listening. If you're interested in reaching out to us, you can email us at two guys, a league, and some guests at gmail.com. You can find our latest episodes at anchor.fm slash Tugalag. Or you can follow us on Twitter, where you can find all of our info. Our handle is at Tugalag. That's the number two, followed by G-A-L-A-G. Don't forget to like, follow, and share. Thanks for listening, and until next time.